fishing, Mr. George Skaka. Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the New York Fishing Podcast. I am your host, George Skaka, and we will be talking fishing. Uh, sorry, I haven't been here for a few weeks. To be honest, I have been doing a lot of fishing. I found this fishery that I've heard so much about over the years, but never had a chance to actually fish. And I really enjoy my fluke fishing. So I've been fishing cholera, McAllister, Hempstead Reef, all areas I've read about, wrote about, heard about, but never actually fished on. And to go from a north for uh, North Shore fluker fishing uh, maybe the deepest. Well, I mean, there, there were times we were fishing 70, 80 feet of water. But in most cases, the fish are, you know, in 20 to 30 feet at the deepest. Well, here I am uh, fishing in 60, 70, 80 feet of water uh, for fluke. And I got to tell you, there are just so many fluke there. I mean, today um, is... Monday the 13th and you know we got a northwest blow coming so you know look everything could change very quickly the season ends in a few weeks uh but you know then we'll we'll get ready for blackfish and the sea bass season has started off with a big kick I mean I'm seeing some huge knuckleheads being caught so there's a lot going on um, it's actually been kind of a strange year when you think about everything that's happening uh, between sharks. I mean, I, I'll give you an example. I, we were fluking uh, out of cholera and, you know, there were boats all over the place. It was uh, not the weekend to be out there, Labor Day, freaking, I got to tell you, there's a lot of boaters on the water right now that really have no clue as to what they're doing. But to get away from that... Um, you know, we were fishing and I mean, we've seen like everything there. We're 10 miles offshore. Uh, Pete uh, Lepp actually hooked up with a five to six foot brown shark on his fluke rig. He thought it was like a world record fluke for the first few minutes. Then he thought it was a big blue fish. I was saying it's got to be an albie. And it faked this all out. It was a shark. So here we are. We're, you know, we're, we're in the middle of a fleet. There's a lot of small boats out there. And you, we can see shark finning all over the place. So um, it's just been a strange year. I mean, I'm catching chub mackerel on, you know, on jigs on the bottom. So, but this fishery, I'm going to talk a little bit about it. If you get a chance, if there's a couple of days pop up where you could get in on it, 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 it may still be there. I'm sure it's nearing an end. But uh, the last time we went out was just a few days ago. We were three guys. We had no problem reaching our limit. I, just about every time I fish with Pete this year, uh, we've caught our limit. I think we came up one shy. I'm going to blame that on Pete because... We were one shy of the limit, and we still had like, you know, a couple hours left in the tide. And Pete was like, okay, no problem, just one more. And that was it. We never got another fish for that day. But that's okay. So far this year, I've had one over eight and a half pounds, numerous fish over five pounds, a couple over six. I've seen uh, some great, great fishing in an area that... uh, you know, I only heard and read about, you know, for those of you that don't know me, I was 
publishing a fishing magazine like 30 years ago. So it started in uh, 1990. So before uh, I get to our guests, I would like to, you know, this episode is going to be an update kind of on fishing and what to look for, uh, what to expect, the forecast. Um, So I hope to bring in some really good information on that. But As usual, you know, like I always start with uh, my two cents um, for what that's worth. Uh, I know a lot of you saying two cents, but it's really worth a lot more than that. Um, So, but I I did want to talk about just a few things this week. It's no lecture. It's just a talk. I've mentioned this before. It's time for you guys to get organized, for you anglers that really care. Um, It's time for the surf fishing community to reach out and get involved in these groups that are already out there and have roots and have uh, influence on our elected officials. There's a lot that we can do, but there's nobody doing anything. Everybody thinks everything's just going to be fine. Uh, they got away with cutting us down to three bluefish. Uh, they've gotten away with giving a 15-inch uh, minimum blackfish to the commercial fishery. They raise us to 16. So in this come upcoming blackfishing season for you talksters out there, I'd like you, especially in the Long Island Sound, I'd like you to count the number of fish you catch that are like right at just under 15 inches or so. So I, the reason this is happening is because there's no one out there screaming for it anymore. Everybody's like, kumbaya, you go to the meetings, everything's a kumbaya, everybody gets along. Nobody talks about the potting anymore. Um, Nobody talks about the discrepancy and the fact that the commercials have a 14-inch fluke. And we have a 19-inch fluke. You got to throw back a fish; it's almost two pounds. Totally ridiculous. And 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 then you have New Jersey with an 18-inch fish, and I don't blame Jersey. I know those folks over there; they fought hard for their fishery. But I do think it's time that we step up and say, "All right, what the heck is going on with this blackfish fishery?" Yes. ASMFC has instituted tags, a tagging system that should take care of a lot of this, but it's not going to resolve the 15-inch problem where we get a 16, they get a 15. If you look at the history of this fishery up until potting and, and, and live fish went to $5 a pound, you're going to see this was all recreational. We are 85% of recreational fishery. And now, uh, you know, the commercial potters can pot from April 16th straight through to June, uh, January 25th. So there are pots out there this whole entire time. While we're trying to not even try, we don't have much of a choice, but they put the burden of conservation on the recreational angler. While in the meantime, these pots are devastating to blackfish, they naturally go into structure like that. So, and yes, are we seeing a lot of fish? I'm not going to argue that we are seeing fish, but we're not seeing many keepers. The size, the size is a way down. And I know many captains that have told me the same. They saw this happening over the last ten years, and unfortunately, 
Now the captains have been forced into potting. So they, they can't take people fishing. They still have to make a living. So now we've got charter guys that, that are potting, and I don't blame them. So anyway, we need to get a count on fish pots, and we need people to stand up and fight. So that, that's all I'm going to say. You have to fight for what you want, whether you like it or not. The pie is only so big. And if you don't fight for your pie, when they put that thing on the table, I'll tell you right now, you're going to end up with a little sliver and probably no mozzarella on top. So that's that's what I have to say about that. Um, I do want to mention our website at nyangler.com or newyorkangler.com. The NY is a little bit easier, a little shorter. Uh, we've got a lot of new features there. We've got a total new look. I'd really like you to go there and uh, check it out and join. We've got a couple of uh, really good contests coming up with some really hot prizes. And I hope you will go to the website because you got to be a registered member in order to be part of uh, what we have coming up. We also have introduced our own content. We've hired a bunch of writers. We've got stuff coming in now. I think there's three or four up there. There'll be one going up tomorrow. So we're doing a lot on the website. I want to thank all my supporters and all of our supporters. We have a great team there. Our website is not Facebook or any other social platform where people could go in and call you an idiot. If you ask how to tie a knot, there won't be anybody there making fun of you. They're there to help. There's more knowledge on nyangle.com than any fishing website that you're going to find anywhere in this area. We have skilled anglers that are willing to take their time and teach you what you need to know to catch more fish. You're only going to find that at nyangler.com. And by the way, folks, it's free. There's no subscription. Uh, It doesn't cost you anything. It's all there. Uh, Just go in and sign up, and we've got a newsletter goes out each week updating fishing reports and all kinds of good stuff. We've got tide charts and weather reports and everything all in one place for you. So as we get ready to uh, head into the fall, I would like to uh, touch on a few things. As far as, you know, uh, who stays in, who stays out, I'm curious as to how many of you actually do fish after the second week of October. So we're going to talk to a bunch of experts here today that are going to talk about, uh, tell us about what's happening around New York and... Once again, I want to thank you for joining me. Please be sure to subscribe to this show if you like it and tell all your fishing friends what a great show it is. So thanks again. And now for our first guest. First up this week is Captain Mike Beatty. He's put a lot of time in out on the North Fork. I've had the pleasure of fishing with him. You couldn't meet a better guy. Or a better fisherman, he's got uh, he's got the North Fork really zoned in. So let's hear what Mike has to say. Uh, 
I have to apologize the first like 30 seconds. I forgot to hit record. So, but you you don't miss much. And it's the second time that's happened to me. And both times it was Cat Mike B. So Mike, I'm not doing it intentionally. But here we go. Uh, Captain Mike Beatty giving us uh, his outlook and also report on how he's been doing. In temperature, a lot of wind from time to time and all. It has a very dramatic effect on the fishing, and typically it actually it tends to kick the fishing up into really high gear uh, because the fish, you know, sense the differences in the barometric pressure and, the, as I say, temperature differences, and they realize that they got to start feeding pretty heavy to prepare for, uh, prepare themselves for any kind of winter migration they might make. Uh, and of course, you know, here in the Northeast, in our area, we're very you know fortunate to have a variety of different species, and this is really quite the mixed bag time of year when it comes to uh, fishing on the East End and the North fourth in particular um what i i like to do a lot of on uh, this time of year in between labor day and uh the opening blackfish season on sunday the 11th of october for us this year is we do a lot of bottom fishing for sea bass because our sea bass fishing up in the eastern sound is really really strong uh limit catches are pretty much the the rule it's very rare that we don't live it out on most days and, and now with you know the seven fish per person regulation for us starting on the first of september it really means that you got an opportunity to start not just having a few meals for that day, but putting some away in the freezer. Yeah, um, yeah nothing yeah. like a good fresh sea bass. That's no, for no, sure. It, it's terrific, no matter how you prepare them, whether you're, you're cutting fillets or you're cooking them whole, which I know a lot of my customers really like to do also, which maintains even more of the moisture in a fish. It, it's really, really a terrific, terrific table fish. Yeah. And, you know, for us, when it comes to mixed bag, you know, because the way that we fish for sea bass may be slightly different than some other areas on the island. I mean, there are times when I will anchor up, and it's funny, kind of like we talked about earlier in the season, George, where, you know, we have these strong tides up in the sound, and when uh, we're black fishing, for example, you know, or porgy fishing, sometimes we got to find spots to hide from the tide. Uh, it's really similar with sea bass, too. Uh, in the uh, fall stages of the run, there are some spots that I can anchor on but hide from the strong-moving tide. But frankly, I usually catch the largest sea bass uh, and have, you know, the best opportunities to get some really, really big fish. I'm talking about four- and five-pound fish. You know, in the deep holes, the rocky bottoms and deep holes from 80 to about 120 or 130 feet of water. And because these are in open areas of the Long Island Sound, you're very, very subject to the, the strong tidal flow. So I try to concentrate very heavily on the one to one and a half hour at max, maybe two hour window you're going to have on either side of slack water in order to be able to take advantage of, you know, a nice gentle drift, not hook up and lose all kinds of tackle in the bottom and be able to really, you know, put the hurt on the fish in a short period of time. And then when you do that, it leaves you the rest of the day to go and pursue something else. You want to go for some bluefish, you want to go for some striped bass, you want to bottle fish or porgies a little bit afterwards. You know, we have that uh, opportunity open to us. Yeah, that, it's sure a, a good mixed bag of something that you're going to want to take home and eat. So when you're fishing the uh, the sea bass, um, so you're not, you're not uh, anchoring up, you're trying to catch that window, so you're not uh, going to be losing too many rigs, but... How are how are you fishing them? Like what type okay. of rigs uh, do, okay. do you so, recommend your customers use? Yep. 
So, so the traditional setup that we use is going to be, you know, a fairly standard high-low rig. Mm-hmm. Because of the depth and the current involved, usually we're using anywhere from 8 to 10 ounces of lead because, again, it's, it's pretty swift even on the slack portions of the tide. So we do need to use a lot of lead. So that means that, you know, you're going to have to have a little bit more of a stout rod. And a bait, you know, that we use are going to be traditional baits, clams and squid strips. I will give you one tip. It's one that I usually talk to people about, especially when I'm doing seminars and the like too. All season long, starting with fluke in the beginning of the, of the spring and if I'm weed fishing or whatever, whenever I have squid, I always cut the heads off the squid and put the heads aside and freeze them for sea bass fishing. Oh. Day in and day out, I catch the biggest sea bass almost every trip on the heads. And wow. there's something Very about the fluttering of the tentacles that really gets them crazy. And, and that's uh, that's something I've been doing for years. It seems, I mean, it's to the point, George, where even if I don't have enough left in the freezer, I literally buy the boxed California stuff just because I want a lot more heads. Yeah, I just, right. The heads really seem to really key the, the big fish and get them excited. Well, so that's, that's, that's a good tip. I never yeah. knew. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that's a good one. And then, you know, a lot of guys do diamond fish, diamond jig for uh, sea bass as well. And we'll do some diamond jigging. You know, you need at least a six-ounce diamond to get down there in those kinds of depths. But you can make that work for you on a slack water. And some people will put a teaser up top, you know, maybe two feet above the, uh, the diamond jig itself. Uh, if you are so inclined, and if you have a fairly fat wallet, you could put some gulp bait on the top uh, teaser as well, and that'll work. It's just that, unfortunately, a lot of times you do need to pay the price of a lot of lost, expensive gulp baits because yeah. they're yeah. pretty aggressive on biting. But even a diamond jig alone, worked relatively slowly from the bottom on a straight retrieval, will often pull out some of the biggest sea bass as well. So there is another way that people can go other than just bait alone. Right, right. So... Um, so right now you're uh, you're doing the sea bass. When are you going to get into black fishing? Well, we start right away on the first uh, day of the season opens, which is Sunday, October 11th. And you know, typically in our area, you know, the shallow water spots come alive first. And uh, I have to say, for the last five or six years at least, we have been blessed with very, very strong black fishing on the North Fork. The the last two years, actually, the sizes have gotten much nicer. And it used to be that we had a huge number of fish, but so many shorts it was frustrating. You have to fish through, you know, 20, 30, 40 fish to call out, you know, a couple of keepers. But last year and uh, the year before, we started seeing the sizes improve quite a bit. And, and we had, you know, a much better mix of medium to large size fish. And uh, again, you know, shallow water action, you know, this is interesting. And, and this is just my own observation, George. I know other people and maybe conventional wisdom is, is quite a bit different. A lot of guys think that, you know, the only time you can fish shallow water is when the temperatures are still warm. But I've got to tell you from personal experience, I have a few drops that I make that are no more than 15, 18 feet of water that produce right through the end of my season, which for me is, is Thanksgiving weekend. So it's pretty darn cold. You know, water temp has dropped a lot by the end of November, but I still find fish and big fish in the shallow waters, even at that late stage. Wow. So, you know, I don't know whether or not it's just, you know, the specific area I am or if guys back west or, or on the south shore are seeing that, you know, they get most of their shallow water fishing on early. But we seem to be pretty fortunate and be able to find, you know, the good-sized fish even to the very end of, uh, you know, the practical end at least this season, uh, even, uh, uh, you know, in the shallows out by us on the east end. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. So uh, so then I guess you could turn a bluefish. From from what I'm hearing, the bluefishing has been a pretty much a surprise this year in as a positive, um, striped bass, not so much, but I'm hearing yeah. that I'm hearing that everywhere except, you know, to the West. 
Um, yeah. You yeah. Know. It, it, it's interesting. I mean, I, I'm not quite sure of all the reasons. And I got to tell you that myself and most of the other guys on North Fork that I know that, you know, are, are working hard all the time have found our striped bass fishery, at least on the North Fork, has turned around completely. Nine or ten years ago, and when the, when the fish first started coming back, you know, in the 80s or so, the fall was always the best run. We'd have good action in the spring and some in the summer, and then slows down when it gets really hot, but the fall was always the top run. About eight or nine years ago, something happens in terms of maybe the availability of bait, which i got to believe is one of the reasons, of course. So you don't see the herring runs we used to see when I was much younger. Uh, and maybe a change in salinity, which might correspond with maybe some of the fall off and lobster fishery that's go, that used to go on, you know, in, in big numbers on the East End. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for whatever reason, we lost our fall run almost entirely, and now the majority of our good striped bass fishing on the North Fork happens, you know, from late May until maybe the early to middle part of July. Then you got to start working nights, and by the time you get to fall, September, October, it's a minimal run. We, last year was better. We saw a lot larger volume. Love fish in the, in September through mid October, but lots of shorts, lots and lots of shorts. You had to work very hard to call a keeper out of uh, out of many many fish. And, and and the other side of the coin on the bluefish, it's also interesting too. From what I hear, talking to friends back west, they've had a very very tough time finding many bluefish at all for the last several years. But our blue fishery on the North Fork still has remained pretty strong. Spring is not as strong as it used to be. But come midsummer to late summer and right through about the middle of October, which is also a, kind of a truncated season. Those used, those blues used to stay in through uh, late November, too. But uh, right now, they're wall to wall. You, you can't not catch a bluefish if you're fishing in plum gut of the race. You just got to, you know, work the same stage of, of uh, the tide when the wind and the tide are moving together. If you're working three-way bucktails or diamond jigs will produce almost any time. That, that's what we did for the charter last Saturday. The guys are on the fish virtually every drift as soon as, you know, the tide started moving. Right, and the charter boats, you guys are allowed to keep uh, five fish a person. That's correct. So what side uh, of the line are you on with this crazy blackfish regs? Oh, gosh. Yeah, well, you know, (laughs) it's interesting. We Most of the time, I'd say probably 90% of the time, unfortunately, we're on the north side of the line, the Long Island Sound region. We're only allowed to take three fish. But I will also tell you that, Depending on the day and the location stuff, all of us know a couple of little pet spots to the south side of that line. And there's even a few spots back in the Peconic Bays that will produce blackfish from time to time. So occasionally we can actually legally take a fourth fish. But I, I honestly, most of our fishing is done in the, in the three fish zone. So right. that's kind of where we are. So, I mean, it's fine. You know what? You get three nice blackfish per person, especially if you get some decent sized fish, you know, four or five pounds and bigger. That's a nice meal. It's that's absolutely a, that's a nice fine. Meal. I'm I'm just trying to, that, that is one reg that drives me crazy that they think oh, yeah, that they I'm could sure. uh, micromanage everything and yeah, they never seem to get it right. So, all right. So you got a good mixed bag going on and, uh, you know, we got to hope maybe this year we'll get some better weather. We'll be able to get in yeah. on uh, on what's happening there. Yeah. So I mean, you know, the, the the watchword for everybody that tries to fish in the fall is always flexibility. We right. have so many days we get blown out, but you know, the day you choose gets blown out, and the very next day is perfect. But the yeah. day before that is perfect. So whenever you book trips, if you can leave yourself open, a lot of times guys like me and other charters too will have openings either side of maybe the day that you chose, and if you have the flexibility to get out. 
a day sooner or a day later, you can salvage, you know, the best part of the season uh, and not, you know, always be tied specifically out. This is the only day I can fish. I mean, I know it's a reality for folks that are working steady jobs, but occasionally if you do have flexibility, it will ensure you have a much better chance of taking advantage of really some of the best fishing that we have in whole, on the whole season this, this area. It's really great for the time. Yeah, that... Uh... That sounds good. So, all right. Yeah. So, look, uh, Captain Mike. Yeah. I look forward to fishing with you. I know I have an open you invite. Bet. Now, how will people uh, get in touch with you if they're interested okay. in uh, booking a charter? Sure. So, the, the, there are two ways. They can reach me by my uh, cell phone, which is 516-317-5423. They can reach me by email. My email address is Race Rock, just like that famous spot out there by the race. Race Rock 166 at AOL.com. And of course, my website's always up at the www.captainstablecharters.com. No spaces, no caps, just captainstablecharters.com. You can all find right, all great. the information there, okay? All right, that sounds good, Cap. And uh, right. I look forward to fishing with you again. And uh, we'll give you a shout again next week, get an update. On, okay. On how you're making out. All right. Thanks Sounds again. Good. Thank you too, George. You have a great day. All right. Take care. <laughs> bye bye. Next up is Captain Vinny uh, from Karen Ann Charters, and he is going to explain to us why West is best. Friend Vinny from Karen Ann Charters on the phone right now, and I know he's been, uh, I've been follow, following you, Vinny, on Instagram, and <coughs> seems like you've, uh, I hate to say it, but put a good dent into the striped bass fishery this year. You, you look pretty consistent with uh, with getting people keepers. So, uh, so how you doing, and what's going on over there? Yeah, we get lucky at times. Uh, well, the water temperature dropped a good ten, twelve degrees the last week and a half. Wow! Locally, right in my own backyard, Jamaica Bay has been really producing well. I think this morning we had the two guys close to 40 bass, a couple of uh, keepers in the mix. Yesterday morning and afternoon, that was like an instant replay. That's on our light tackle boat. You know, uh, George, we cover the board. We have a skiff where we fish skinny water for the light tackle guys. These numbers are coming about like in anywhere from 12 to three feet of water, 12 inches to three feet of water. Yeah, that's my kind of bass fishing. Oh, you got to come out, George. It's phenomenal. A lot of it's side casting. When they get amped up, you'll see literally hundreds of them busting on top. We made it, We had a few videos on Facebook and on Instagram if anybody wants to watch those. Oh, okay. um, you got to put them also, on New York Angler. I'm going to put them on today. <laughs> right. We're also... Um, Put the big boat in the water this week, the 38 Hound. We did a total makeover on that. New engines, decks, electronics. Nice. So she's in the corner around 21 knots. Um, we've been fishing. Yeah, what are you going to fish? On the outside with that, with the contender and the parker. So New York Harbor West from the Narrows up towards Liberty. Better quality fish that's been on live bait, Duncan Reels. I'm sure you really see most of the people that are in the uh, in the life have been putting some numbers up also. Yeah. So we, you know, I, I like fishing the back here for the simple reason. Um, 
it's a custom, you know, small personalized thing. And if you have skill, it appeals a lot to the surf casters because they're real thirsty for fish right now. Albeit some, some mullet schools are lingering around Silver Point and a few of our friends that were on the boat today, customers that are surf casters, uh, did very well prior to coming on board the last few days. Well, that's, um, that's good to hear because uh, they've, They've had no fish like all season, but yeah. No, they were they're, they're in a drought. You know, uh, that was at uh, Silver Point, you know, that, that Deb's in with there. Right. So we haven't had a legitimate mullet run in a long time. So hopefully that'll uh, that'll continue, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, interestingly enough, a couple of surf casters fishing uh, SP minnows and tin cook threshers in, in short too. It's amazing. We were, we, I was fluke in uh, cholera <laughs> and the guy Pete I was fishing with um, ended up fighting a, what appeared to be when it got to the side of the boat, it was a brown shark. It was, uh, you know, and it, it was close to six foot long. So, and you know, we're out there and you see the sharks spinning everywhere. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy, but, uh, I think it's all that bait we have, you know? Oh, there's a tremendous amount of bunker, you know, literally at times miles of it. So hopefully as we get a, a migratory run coming from the East, they'll zero in on that and come inshore, not like they were last year offshore. But we've been very fortunate. I mean, we haven't taken a donut almost the whole year, even in July, August, and now into September in Jamaica Bay. Yeah, you know, we were fishing up so in the much. harbor. Yeah, you've been finding them. I got to give it to you. I see it. Yeah, I see it all the time. So, but it doesn't surprise me. You, you guys know. Well, you, you know what it is, too, George. We're doing this back here. God knows how many decades, and I live on the bay. So even if we don't have a trip that day, we're fishing. We're, we're just fish junkies like like all of your listeners and, and readers, you know. So we like to go out and we primarily, you know, target striped bass. We had a decent little pickle week fishing the bay. That's still going on, but, you know, the size could be a little better. That's in and around, like the Mill Basin area, Canarsie, that back part of the bay. Uh well, we primarily, if we're targeting the fish now, we're going skinny and side casting. That'll get better. Usually, in the next two weeks, the bigger fish will, you know, jump in the bay here, and we're going to handle on that. If not, we'll just, you know, shoot outside or up up into the west. So, when when you're fishing light tackle, how are you fishing them? Are you plugging them? Or are you baiting them? Worming them? Um. In pecking order this week, Polaris, Pencil Popper, um, what else? Three-quarter, one-ounce bucktails. Mm-hmm. You know, when they're ramped up, it's more presentation, being in tight. The fish are right on the marsh banks. Yeah. They're either feeding on sand fleas. They corral the peanut punker up there. Yeah. Sometimes mullet. You know, it's, a, it's like a smorgasbord for them. Yeah, I have a very And you're actually, when you're, in, when you're in 10 inches of water and you're catching a 15-pound fish, you almost see them. It's like red fishing, really. Yeah. Yeah, you know, a few years back, I had that 
where I literally sat in the, where my boat was docked. I could sit in the cockpit of my boat, snag a, a bunker and just send it out and watch the bass come get it. It was all lit. It was like, you know, three foot of water. And uh, so I know what you're talking about. And I love that fishing. So if folks want to get in touch with you, uh, Benny, what would be their best bet? Uh, you call or text me, 516-728-6952. That's a dedicated line. You can call me 24-7. Uh, or follow us on social media. You could also read my column weekly in the Rockaway Wave. Um, I think anybody that's looking to uh, get in on this bite, it's only going to get better by the day. And uh, great hearing from you, and hopefully we'll hear from your uh, people. Yes, you absolutely will. And uh, I'm, I'm Why don't sure you come out one morning? Come out with one of your buddies and we'll go back there. I'm, I'm doing it. So that's it. Yeah, you don't have that to well, say it again. No, nah, no, nah, I've been running to Freeport. I mean, I'm in Comac. I, I run a Freeport. And, uh, the afternoons are good too, George. You know, the yeah. weather's somewhat settling in. You know, the past few weeks, we were kind of handicapped with this wind every afternoon, but now it seems like the temperature's stabilizing. You don't get that summer breeze as often. And uh, you're welcome to come on anytime. All right, thanks. Benny, I will take you up on that. So uh, we'll talk to you I hope again so. on the next episode. I, I really Thanks, George. God bless you. Take care. Thank you. Take care. Next up is Captain Mark from Cow Harbor Bait and Tackle out in Northport. He's got the Long Island Sound Report for us pretty much zoned in. And uh, he's got some really, really strange stories uh, to tell us regarding, you know, Things like uh, four or five pound trigger fish, you know. Uh, so there's been uh, a lot of weird things going on, sharks. And Mark will tell us all about it. Here's a guy who's uh, got his eye in the sky over the Long Island Sound. Captain Mark from Cow Harbor Bait and Tackle. And get the word from Captain Mark over at Cow Harbor Bait and Tackle. I got to tell you, he's kind of right on the money. His shop, I do believe, uh, weighed in the $25,000 winner this year in uh, in the Bluefish Contest. And yeah. And we had you on, like, uh, I'm going to say seven or eight days before that, with you telling people <laughs> where the big fish were. So congratulations. Hey, and, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's kind of a big deal, you know. So and that's a pretty, it's good for bragging, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there was some big fish. That, you know, I mean, look, I'm, I can remember when it was a 20-pounder you had to catch. But, uh, I mean, yeah. the fish definitely got bigger this year. There's no doubt about it. So, yeah. Um, the, the, you know. They went to the east too. You know, the more more the fish to the east. You know, to keep it real, um, that was uh, a really big fish and uh, fifteen nine nine. And we kind of were holding out because so many times over the years of doing that tournament, you know, fifteen nine nine. I'm I'm looking at eighteen something, nineteen and change wins it. Right. So it it was a combination of getting out there early, um, working that. Saturday midnight to, um, you know, first tides in the morning at that first light to really bring in the fish because, you know, anybody that was in that tournament knows that the winds like really kicked up heavy. So 
it kept people in on Saturday. What it did really more importantly was even the diehards, they couldn't get out into the deeper rips. So people were really moving into the bay. They were staying in the bay or if there was a little break in the wind, which you really didn't see from like Saturday right through the Sunday. Um, it was tough. So it was, it was, it was so strange because, you know, guys that were fishing to the East would come in on, on stuff over 14 pounds and the guys that couldn't get out or they were fishing locally, um, were catching, I mean, it sounds silly. One in one in three quarter pound. I, I think three pound something won the um, Calcutta that we run at the shop, which is oh a, a fun God. little you know thing amongst the fishing. Everybody kicks in like five bucks. Yeah, that's and, just uh, a fun thing. That's you know, great. That's a great yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. And you know the fellow Brian Zembreski won this year. He's such a nice guy. Uh, Mike Rose won last year. It was nice. These guys gave Phil and I a tip for the shop. That's you know, great. We used it to buy pizza for the guys for the week, so it, it, it's always fun. You I know only what? hear good things about your shop. You know, oh, I, I hear uh, it's it's. I only hear good things. That's all I got to say. It becomes yeah, even more personable. Oh, absolutely! You, you yeah, know? there's so many different ways that the internet can be used, which a lot of people don't, and everybody's finding new ways uh, of doing that. Uh, like yeah. like that example. I tell you though, I have a reel for you. If you could fix it, you'd be pretty good. I have a, I got a. I think it's a two thousand four Stella twenty five hundred. I sent <laughs> I sent it back to uh, Shimano recently, and oh, man. and they Pieces told me, you know the life, you know the lifetime warranty. Forget it. Yeah. Forget it when it comes. Yeah. It's not really lifetime. It's however long they keep the parts for, right? So uh, they literally told me they didn't have the parts to fix it. So I'm sad over well, my, over, uh, about my uh, my yeah. Stella, which I loved. So. Tell me uh, what's going on with these strange waters in the in the uh, Long Island Sound lately. We've been seeing some weird oh, stuff, my right? Lord. Oh my goodness! You know what? I always uh, looked at these scuba divers like they were crazy. I wish I had a little submarine like the <laughs> Nautilus and could drive around and see what's going on because the Long Island Sound is just so exciting. I mean, it's almost like you don't know what you're going to find with the warmer waters. I mean, it's it's amazing. Like the, we had like two weeks ago, I think we spoke about the false albacore. Right. And then all of a sudden it was like, wait a minute, what? like I'm not seeing them. And then yeah, four days after the big bluefish contest where the biggest blue was three pounds, we had these whole school of like 12 to 14 pound fish. Uh, kissing the uh, the peanut bunker, uh, and the peanut bunker weren't happy. I mean, they were destroying the peanut bunker, and, and then got all a lot of, of sudden, peanuts around. Oh my lord! You know, and then this is the craziest part: is that um, sharks showed up. Like, okay, everybody. Now, when I say shark, sharks, it's oh, mark, mark. You know, sand sharks. We all catch sand sharks in June. Sure, four, five, six foot sharks that don't have teeth. I'm telling you, we have duskies in our harbor that we have watched come up and just wrecking bunker and um, that's really and, something and snappers and, and I'm talking about all the way in the back of the harbor. You know, we got people like kayaking and paddleboarding, and they see like some, you know, 
thin that's like, you know, the, the dorsal fin and the tail fin are five feet apart. The thing's just cruising along. They're like, oh, you know, and, and, and it's not one or two sightings. I mean, these are numerous sightings. And uh, it's funny. It. I, I yeah. have heard. I saw Skinner actually caught one on one of his videos. And, uh, I, I, you know, we had one last week when we were fluking. So it's wow. it, it's kind of a little bit crazy. I, I totally agree it with really you. really is. I mean, we had dolphin. Really, really you know, I'm, I'm waiting for Mahi Mahi next. Yeah, <laughs> well, probably I'm, won't be I, long. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Hey, listen, Duck Harbor, about a week and a half ago, um, there was, I swear to God, it, it, the diameter was like, I don't want to make it sound like gigantic, but the diameter was a good 24 to 30 inches. A wow. sea tortoise. Oh, you know what? I, I saw one last year in the same spot. Yeah. That, that is, that's something. I saw one last year. Many times out of my mind, I go, I'm telling you, I saw it clear as freaking day. And, yeah. uh, yeah, that is amazing. I'm hearing there I were mean, dolphin around for a while. Yeah, it's, we had the dolphins seem to come in a little bit earlier, and and I haven't seen I have no whales, no whale sightings this year. No. But uh, I gotta say, the adult bunker they they rush to the back of the harbor, and whenever I see that every year at this time of the year, I think to myself, oh, there's got to be like cockatoo. So when we're out looking for the bunker. I'm looking for little bites and the fins, little wounds. I wasn't seeing any wounds, but there was a day last week where half of bunkers were floating around in the harbor, in one particular part of the harbor. Wow. And I'm like, and I'm like, wow, that's that's really interesting, you know. And then the and then all of a sudden we had a ton of bunker in the back of the harbor, and then the freaking shark showed up, and now. It's the bunker are like nowhere to be seen. It, yeah, well, they're like not they, stupid. It only takes them once. <laughs> Catch it. Yeah, corner yeah, me exactly. one time and then I'm out of there. So, yeah. You know, so I was wondering if, if usually like we wait for the bluefish in the past three years and everybody, you know, it's no secret that it's been a, uh, a lack of these larger gator blues. So the bunker will be, you know, for our areas, they generally in the back of the harbors, be it, you know, Asheroken, Huntington, Centerport, Northport, in our area. Um, and those bunkers hang there for quite a while. And they don't, the, the bluefish, I remember they used to come in and they would do like sorties. And then, and then it got, and the bunker always stayed in the back. And then the bluefish sort of were called their way or ate their way behind the bunker. And then the bunker would be coming out of the back and moving towards the front in like that mid September. And you could always count on, you know, going around the bay and working the pods and looking and catching. And that we haven't seen that in the past few years. So it's really strange to me that that we had such a, a, a adult cut, like bait movement of larger baits that usually larger fish um, will target. They moved out. They were like, hasta la vista, baby. I'll see you next spring. You know, they, right. they're out. Um but these smaller fish that usually the larger fish don't prey on too much unless you've got some nice bluefish or albacore or, you know, exorbitant amount of schooly bass, they're on those three to four inch baits right now. And those baits are very comfortably accumulating in the back of the harbor. I've seen so many 
different size peanut bunker as well as spearing. And I'm watching them like every week and they're getting larger and larger and larger, which is great to see, you know, because as soon as they they get that four or five inch, I'll throw a a cast net on them. And and we love those for the baits, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, talk about like crazy stuff. Um, I had some of the guys on one of the local beaches, uh, Macklemore beach, you know, it's, not like the bites happening now. I'm not burning any spots. Anybody who fishes North Shore up here knows Macklemore Beach, all the way back to the old salts and the wonderful 30 pound bass stories and 18 pound, 15 pound bluefish crushing the bait along there. It used to be good week fishing. It used to be good week fishing over there, too. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm not saying the fish don't come in there anymore, but, you know, it's, it's, it's not what it was. Not. Not what it was, and a lot of times, all the timing changed. So you could take your logbook, and anywhere where it says June, think of it as July or way late June, because everything's like three to five weeks behind. And um, that's what I find. That's why I'm always listening to advice from these fellows that have been fishing a lot longer than me, and um, and that's what it seems like it's getting later and later, but. The point of what I was saying was that I get these fellas coming to some of the Spanish guys and they said to me, uh, and, and these guys are diehard fishermen, you know. Oh, yeah. Mark, Mark, uh, how, do, how do I do it? Macklemore, for three days straight, and this is hysterical, had nothing but doormat fluke sitting on the beach. Oh, my God. Door, doormat fluke. And these guys are losing their mind because, you know, try to bring a fluke through six inches of water like Macklemore for like, you know, 20 feet. Right. You, you, you know, when you stand it on the beach in sneakers and you're not going out to your waist with a little net or something, it's very hard. So they would drop a little bit of fish like, you know, and there were guys were losing their mind. Wow. So, that, so that's where the fluke goes. <laughs> Cause I, I was looking <laughs> know, everywhere right? for them, you know, they weren't it's the spots like, I was used to. <laughs> it's always, I, I always tell folks um, one of the funny stories, and that's when I start sounding like, you know, one of my, my dad or my, my grandfather, you start telling stories over and over again because it's just so exciting. I heard them a hundred times. But I was at one of the local jetties over at LIFA. I love to share information. LIFA. It was dead low tide. I was uh, out there looking for Asian crabs for the chops. So I said to Phil, you know what? I'm going to go out. I'm going to see. We had started, maybe some experimental traps and stuff. And I wanted to switch the traps in the in the rocks and see if they produce instead of flip the rocks. Because I'm getting older. It's hard to flip off. So <laughs> you can always tell the guys that have been uh, going to Asian cribs because they come in looking for blackfish hooks and jigs. And they, they can't stand up straight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, Asian crabs, hey, you need any bait? No, I got bait. And yeah. I'm like, Asian crabs, right? They're like, oh, my God, Mark, when are you going to start selling them regularly? I, I, I can't do this anymore. I'd rather buy a quarter. Yeah, really? <laughs> but um, I'm, I went down to the jetty. I'm looking around. I, I plant these invisible traps. And they were really well hidden. You couldn't see them. And... Uh, but I brought a pole with me. And I remember at the time, Uncle Josh was in business and they sent the tackle shop like a little sampler pack of these Manhattan, like soaked Uncle Josh strips. 
Mm-hmm. And I was talking to Bruce, the late Bruce Pro from Blue Frog Bucktails, and, and Bruce and I were good friends. And he was telling me this little mud kicker type of a bucktail he made that he said, I, I never sold this really. I, I kept it in the family. I used to take my grandkids out, and we would kill so many fish. I wanted to have a little secret weapon that I didn't tell anybody. And he gave me one at, uh, at one of the clubs we would go together during the winter. It's called the Zipper Club, a great club. If any of the guys that are into uh, fishing ever looking for an informal club that is uh, Ralph Voda uh, runs it. If anybody needs information, call the shop or give them. It's just a, a wonderful group of guys. Anyway, Bruce gives me this little bucktail. He says, I'm telling you, this thing works. I'm looking at it and I'm like, eh, it doesn't have a bucktail. It has nothing on it. It's just like by itself. Almost looks like one of these early blackfish jigs guys. Right, right. Anyway. I'm like looking for something to keep busy. I grab a seven foot pole from the shop. I put the Buckdale on it. I put the the Uncle Josh on it. And I go there and I put my traps. I figure anybody who comes and sees me is going to be like, what are you doing? And so I brought the pole with me to keep busy. Oh, excuse me. I throw the pole. I throw the thing out. The Buckdale first cast, everything. I get stuck. I'm like, oh, my God, Bruce is going to kill me. Uh, dead low tie. I'm sitting there, I'm trying to work it to get it out of the rock, just kind of walking to the left, walking to the right, you know the score. And all of a sudden, the tip's like, boom, boom, boom. Oh I'm God. like, what? <laughs> what? Two fellas, like, come walk. Oh, my Lord. Two guys come walking out on the jetty. And I'm like, oh, thank goodness I got my rods because they're not going to ask what I'm doing. And they're like, oh, you got a fish on there? I'm like, I think I got a fish. The rock doesn't uh, bump it like that, you know? I worked the thing for 15 minutes. I brought up like middle of October after the food season was wrapped up. The thing was probably the largest, but it was, it, it, I don't want to, I don't want to say seven and a half pounds off the jetty. Wow. These guys were like, Holy. And I didn't have a picture and nothing. I didn't even have an iPhone at the time. <laughs> I had a flip phone, you know, stupid flip phone. You know? And yeah. I took the thing, I got, I got it off the bucktail and I, I released it, you know, and it swam away. That's a great and, uh, story. I called up, yeah, I called up Bruce. I'm like, wow, that thing works. Yeah, you know? that, that is that is one <laughs> heck of a story. So there's one thing uh, we haven't really heard too much about, and that is striped bass. Um, yeah. I'm actually I'm actually seeing them, you know, in in the back bays. Um, you know, nothing like uh, even just three years ago. Oh my God, they had uh, they had bunker pinned for. I'm gonna say. It went on for two weeks and it was literally under where my boat is tied up. And all I have to do is sit on the back of my boat, snag a bug and let him out. And I was catching a bass, you know? Um, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that's that going right to happen now. again, but I, I just, I, it's, I, I, it's, and it's not just here. It's it, the only place where there's a consistent striped bass bite is to the West. Uh, there's, and Montauk, yeah. but, um, you know, to even the guys on the North Fork, they're not, I mean, the gut, there's not a bass in the gut. I mean, no. it's crazy. When, I, when, I was, when I was out there, um, it was uh, it was very, very slow. All the guys were porgy fishing, actually. I, I was out at uh, Orient Park there, and that was, uh, I think that was last month. But yeah. I recently was out in uh, Montauk with my buddy Steve out on the top of It's a fantastic boat. And he's so dialed in, and, and we were catching, uh, having fun with the sea bass, and just uh, he had some charters coming up, so he was trying to 
find some spots with new electronics that really are unbelievable. Um, yeah, with those uh, new they, with those new charts. Oh, oh my God! Geez, I mean, I was looking at this chart with a satellite chart. It showed like every bump I know. that we were going. He's like, "Look it's at amazing. this thing," and I just. I asked him, what's the transducer doing? Like, what, do you put any transducer? He says, no, there's no transducer. Everything's in the unit. It's all satellite. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, wow. So we tried that out, and, and it was, oh, my Lord. It was showing, like, almost sitting where you want to be. And, and we were just having a lot of fun with finding different species for his charter. And, uh, you know, what great fishing. Absolutely great fishing. And I, ironically, with the bass, I didn't see that many bass. When, when we would drive around in Montauk, there was one little area, and I'm not even going to say it was like any bliss. It was like a bunker here, bunker here, a nice swirl on some adult bunker, and and that was it. And I said, like, wow, where are all the birds? You know, it's September. I'm, I'm usually when we're coming in, they got the fly guys working out of Chaguan and everything and on the north side. And I, I didn't see any. We, I never went to the south side, but... Um, it was devoid of birds and, and a lot of stuff. And he, he commented to me, you know, he said, yeah, it seems like third week, last week of September, they come in and then they hang out. But, you know, maybe until there's a big blow or something, but the water temps are still in the seventies. I mean, they're warm. Oh, I mean, yeah. uh, yeah, you know, it, it, it's, uh, I'm, I'm getting all kinds of really interesting stuff. Like, well, Mike who works at our shop, Caught a four four and a half pound trigger fish off nice. of one of the beach off one, by one of the beaches in Capture. Oh, it was unbelievable! Yeah, yeah, and, you know, I, yeah, that's a big freaking trigger. I saw one of those the other a, day. Somebody wow. uh, posted a picture it, on the website. Oh my lord! Yeah, the guy. You, see, you, know, you know what? That is a that fish, picture was was shown to many people. <laughs> yeah, yeah <that laughs> everybody who came one. in was like, "Oh yeah, it was great." And and uh. And another thing that I've never seen, and uh, the fellas that I'm friends with that have been fishing up here for far longer than me have never seen cow nose rays. Like you were hearing on the South Shore, you know, like, hey, I'm, I'm fishing and uh, I'm throwing SP minnows, I'm throwing starters, I'm throwing bucktails, whatever, all these different uh, stories. And the guys are catching cow nose rays like they're hitting plugs. This isn't like like dropping a bunker down or, or like a big clam. Like they're yeah, I see, they're you on know, plugs. I've, I've seen drone footage of the rays in the sound and on the south shore, and there's so many yeah. of them. You know, somehow uh, that doesn't surprise me. So let me ask you: uh, once things calm down here, I'm guessing. Uh, the best bet in the sound will be porgies, bluefish, and hopefully we're going to have uh, we're going to yeah, have there's those been no bass. shortage of that. Yeah. There's been no shortage of porgies. I right. mean, you know, for everybody's going out, they just create a lot of entertainment. People get a little bored of them after a while, but um, uh, the, the bluefish jigging right now, or trolling umbrella rigs is bringing up uh, plenty of bluefish to four or five pounds, some six pounds. You know, they're eating a lot of stuff, so they're slowly getting bigger and bigger. But, um, you know, for us right now, it's uh, the, the jigging is kind of picking up. But I, it's been windy the, the, the past week. Oh, yeah. Know, we're, and, but yeah, well, this blow is going to change everything. I'm t- 
Thank you for that fine update there, Captain Mark. And once again, I'd like to thank all of our listeners and subscribers to the show. If you don't already subscribe to it, make sure you do. You'll be updated each and every time uh, we upload a new episode. Uh, we do have a lot of plans uh, coming uh, coming your way, some new features and more updates and podcasts. But again, I urge you to stop by NewYorkAngler.com or NYAngler.com as we have made some nice upgrades there. And uh, we have some great content, which if you're an angler, you're looking to learn. There's no better way to do it than learn from other anglers. And we have the nicest and the most informative fishing community on the internet. So please stop by nyangler.com. Thanks again for listening to the New York Fishing Podcast. Remember to conserve when you can, but don't hesitate to uh, take a fish home to eat because ultimately uh, that's what many of us do fish for. So until next time, tight lines all. Thanks for listening and good fishing. Thank you for listening to the New York Angler Podcast. You can find more on fishing New York waters at nyangler.com, your secret spot online.